in. It is. It is good to be together and to see each other. Before we dive off into our lesson, let's have our prayer together, please. Our Lord and our God, we come to you so very grateful for the gift of today. We know, Father, that all the good things that we've been given by you, we're, we're amazed, we're grateful. And Father, we, we know there are times we're distracted. We know there are times that we aren't where we want to be. But we ask for your help. Help us to grow each day. Help us to become more the men and women you desire us to be in this world. Help us, Father, reflect how you've been faithful to us and how you've loved us. So that those who see us, who know us, will be able to see evidence of your impact on our lives. Help us, Father, to, put, to rest in you and your promises and to trust that one day we have a home with you. We look forward to that day, Father. And we know that because of your Son, we, can, we know that we have that home. So help us, Father, to lean on you and to trust you for all things. For through Jesus we pray. Amen. Have you all ever uh, imagined being brave? Just being able to stand up no matter what the circumstances are and be able to handle it. I think one of the places that jumps out at me that's like that is Paul about Acts. I've got the, I think, 11 in my... Remember where... No, it's later on. Ignore my chapters. Uh, over in Acts, whenever he's making the trip, he's being taken to Rome... And he tells them along the way that we don't need to go yet because it's not going to go well. And they go anyway. And they end up in the middle of a storm. And in the middle of that storm, you know it has to be bad because the sailors are trying to escape. You know, if the sailors get nervous, that's when you get nervous. And so Paul, in the middle of all this, a couple times stands up and says, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. In fact, at one point he tells everybody, you know, look, y'all have been worried for a good part of this. Everybody needs to eat something so that we can get through this. And when you watch Paul in those circumstances, what you see is, is uh, it's amazing to me that he's surrounded by the same storm as everyone else. That this ship that he's on is being tossed back and forth, up and down every which way. And he's able to stand there and be a calm in the middle of the storm. I look at that and go, wow. Wouldn't it be nice to be like that? To not have the fear of what was going on like so many of the others on that same ship. I think sometimes it's easier for us to uh, live life and be more like the disciples. In a ship, in wind and waves and all that goes on, Jesus cuts across to get to where they're going ahead of him and they see him. They think it's a ghost and what do they do? They cry out in fear. Now, I can understand that. I mean, how many times have we had something happen? I, I can turn a corner and have somebody right there and jump and make my heart skip a beat. Y'all have done much less anything bigger than that. 
I think part of our challenge in life is, is not the fact that, the, that fear is part of it, but what happens and how much we let it control us. We, we started last week talking about some of the secrets that we had shared with, with each other uh, several years ago. And, and last week we talked about those feelings that sometimes we have of not being enough. This week I want us to talk about one that, that may be more common. That maybe we all relate to this confession. This was just simply two, well that's three words technically in it. I'm afraid. And how many of us could take that same statement and say that that's how I feel in, in much of life. And that fear that we, when we cry out, how many have, have us, whether it's us or whether it's being a parent or grandparent here from a child's room, I'm afraid. The darkness. Not, not sure about what's going to be. How many parents or grandparents have sent a child off to college, driving somewhere, and they leave and we're afraid because we don't know what's going to be on that highway as they go. How many times in life when we walk into a doctor's office that we don't know what's going to be said and we have that fear of what might be. And over and over in life when we're faced with situations that it's just a, a, a normal response for us to have that fear. Now the thing about fear is that I think fear is normal in the moment, but when it becomes part of what we have every day and every moment, then it begins to hinder our lives. It begins to cause problems in our lives, in our relationships, in our faith, because fear begins to dominate what goes on within us. Now, before we go on and and acknowledge First, that idea that we can relate to that idea of being afraid. Before we go on, sometimes we might start saying, well, wait a minute. Isn't fear a good thing? How many of you all were kept from doing things you shouldn't do because you were afraid of the consequences or somebody was there? And so it's easy for us to say, well, now fear is a good thing. We need to have fear. We need to have that being scared of what's going to be because if we don't have that fear, what kind of things we might, might we get into? In fact, we can look at Romans chapter 13, verse 3, and talking about the authorities. When he says, you know, rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. In other words, if you plan to do wrong, that fear keeps you from misbehaving. It can. In theory. The thing about fear, though, is that in fear, oh, have any of y'all ever not done something while your mother or dad was right there telling you not to, but once they were gone, you did it anyway? How long did the fear keep you from misbehaving? And there's the problem with fear. It really doesn't change us. It's temporary. It's only for a moment. It doesn't endure. It doesn't keep us on track. And so we may think of it as a motivator that will change lives, but the reality is fear does not change us at all. It just tempers us for the moment. And when we think about that idea, we need to keep that in mind that Fear is not something that really does a whole lot for us other than causes trouble. 
Now, another thing we have to, to keep in mind. Oh, here, I'm, I'm ahead of myself. When he, when he does this in, in Romans 8, it says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. If you catch in the middle, He, he tells us we're not to be a people who live by fear. Because what God has done for us, there's a change that takes place that puts us on a different path. And when we, when we get focused on fear, what we've done is we've gone back to what was before. That's a different sermon because we're going to talk about what we have going on in mind. But when you think about, sometimes when you think about fear, say, well, we're supposed to fear God. Well, the problem with, with thinking about it from that perspective is, like in English, in Greek, the word fear can have different meanings depending on the context. And so we have in Luke chapter 1, verse 50, His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to ge- generation. We're supposed to fear God, right? We get to chapter, verse 74, different speaker. Mary was first. Now we have, have uh, John's dad. All right. Zechariah. How come I lost Zechariah? Easy enough. But uh, where he says, To rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve Him without fear. Now you think, wait a minute, are we supposed to have fear or are we supposed to not fear? Well, the difference is we have one fear. The fear of God is, a, is that being in awe of, to, to respect, to, you know, to, to be aware of who he is and all that goes on. And that changes how we live. The other fear is the fear that, that terror and fright and that isn't one that I, I'm, I'm missing a word that I want to make that even clearer, that this is a fear of being afraid. Not that idea of respect. And so the fear that we have in, in the secrets that we have is this kind of fear, not the fear where we are in awe of God and respect Him. So this is the fear we're talking about. The fear that's afraid, that has the fright, that has the terror, that keeps us from really being able to step up and live like, like Paul did with that, that, his, his own bravery and such. And so we have in, in this, I think part of what we struggle with when fear, we keep going back to ships and storms, don't we? In this one, we have the disciples and Jesus going across. The storm comes up, and what happens? Jesus is sound asleep up in the front of the boat. That's tired. And the, in the middle of the storm, the disciples are afraid because of what goes on. And they, they come up and wake him up and say, Don't, we're, we're going to die. What are you doing? And Jesus is like, why, why are you afraid? And, and in that moment, I think we have a lot of what that happens to us. Because part of our fear in life that we struggle with is the fear of not knowing what's going to be. In the middle of this storm, the disciples wrestled with what was going on because they didn't know whether they were going to live and die. And the thing about not knowing what's going to be is we have great imaginations that fill in the blanks for us. So whenever, whenever we have our children drive off to the other side of the country to go to school... And they drive through a stretch that has no cell service. Does that make your heart even hurt a little bit there, thinking that you're not going to be able to call them? They couldn't call you. They could break down out there, and there's no telling what kind of things might happen to them because they're broken down out in the middle of nowhere. They're going to be murdered. Oh, wait a minute. Where'd, where'd that come from? You hear our imaginations? We take off with it. 
And when we fill in the blanks and when we don't know what's going on, we don't know what's going to be, we wrestle with it because we can imagine exactly what's going to happen and we'll take the worst scenario possible about what may happen. And in life, that's what happens to us, that we, we have these fears that revolve around our, what we don't know about what's going to be tomorrow. We don't know what's going to be in this circumstance. We don't know what's going to come up and we don't know what's going to happen. And so we get all worried about it. So our, some of our fears revolve about what goes on with our health. This, I, I thought this was sweet. One of our children. I wish my papa would quit smoking. If you're papa and you're still smoking, I, I just told you what the secret was. But you know what the fear is in that? Is knowing... My papa will get sick and die because he's smoking. Bless you. So when we look, when we hear that, do you hear that? I don't, we really don't know, but I can imagine the worst, worst prospect as it goes along. Another one, my body will not be able to have another baby. That says a whole lot, doesn't it? That tone says... I want to have another child. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to. And the fear that comes in the possibilities of what may happen through that pregnancy. Because this kind of worry, this kind of worry isn't just, are we going to have a baby? It's what's going to happen during the pregnancy to me and that baby. Will we be able to get through it? We don't know. Concern about our government leadership. You can pick any year, any moment in history and probably have this. But you know what that says. I don't know what's going to happen, but I can imagine what could be. And the fear that comes out about all of that is pointing toward, I don't know. I don't know, and because of that, I, it, it worries me because I don't want to have to worry about what happens. It makes me afraid of what the potential and the possibilities and my imagine, imagination runs away with it. And then in all of that, there are some things that we do to try to, to get this. You know what happens when we have this kind of fear? Is we, we, try to, we try to control what happens. You know, we try to make rules on our children and make them fit in a little tight box because if I can get them to, to be in this little tight box, then I know I can guarantee that nothing bad will happen. Did y'all catch the problem in my statement? See, we try to control life to make sure things will work out fine so I don't have to be afraid. We try to bargain and make things, you know, Lord, if, if you just... If you keep them safe, if you don't let this happen, I'll tell you what, I will be whatever you need me to be. I will give you whatever you want. We try to work things out so that we don't have to worry about those kind of things. Or we just live with a perpetual level of anxiety and fear because of all that goes on. We're not able to ever let it go. Because we want that, here we go back, we want that guarantee of what's going to happen tomorrow. I want, I want a promise. I want a promise from God that my children will never meet harm. That my grandchildren will never have any problems. 
so then I don't have to fear. But there's no guarantees, are there? Here the, in the uh, parable of the talents, the fellow with the one says, I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. Here's what belongs to you. He wanted a guarantee to make sure that there would be no reason to fear. He knew his, his master was hard and he was going to make sure he didn't lose what he had. But he missed what was needed. He missed what life was really all about. Life is not controllable, is it? We cannot make any guarantees. We cannot make things happen the way we would want. And the part of it is that tomorrow is not here. And we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And because we don't know what's going to happen, we, we struggle with that. And what we need to keep in mind is that I think we need to remember, wherever we are, wherever we walk in, when we send those children off to drive off to school, one thing I know, God is here with us. God says, I'm here. When we walk into that doctor's office, getting the news of whatever may be coming up, one thing I know, God says, I'm here. In all of those circumstances that may catch our imaginations, that we wrestle with because it scares us to death to think about the possibility of this happening, the truth is, no matter what news we get the next day, no matter what happens tomorrow, good or bad, the thing is, is God is with us. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That with God here... No matter what comes along, we know He's still walking with us, that He's still there with us. Because the circumstances aren't what we control at all. I wish we could change the circumstances. But in no matter what the circumstances, the truth is God is faithful and God loves us. He values us. Jesus says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care, and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. That's kind of personal there. I think that's easy for some. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. He didn't say, I, I make sure nothing bad ever happens. He doesn't say, all the circumstances will come together just right. He says... You matter. You matter to God. And when you're in, when things are going great, you matter. When things are, you're getting the worst news you could have ever imagined. In that day, you matter to God still. You matter Him. And He's there. So in the middle of the storm, when we face what, what scares us to death, we can find some rest because He's with us. There were a couple uh, secrets that, to me, are even more heartbreaking. 
In John 12, 42, there's some of the leaders that believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. There are a lot of fears that we have that aren't just afraid of what might be because we don't know. There are some fears that we're worried about whether or not we would be rejected or accepted by, by those around us, by God. One of them didn't really tell the secret, but did tell a secret. I have a secret, but I'm afraid the people of my church are going to judge me for it. If you knew what I've done and where I've been, would you still love me? Would you still accept me? And because we, we're not really confident in that, what do we do? We take all of that and we bury it away. put up a great facade to show how happy and wonderful we are so that we won't be rejected. God's desire for us isn't that we would have to hide where we've been, but to know that we found people who love us who are there for us knowing the path that we've taken to get where we are today. John 13, 34 and 35, God describes the people he wants us to be. Jesus says a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. He doesn't say love each other if you've lived good and perfect lives. He says love each other because of who you are and how you've been loved. Romans 15, verse 7, Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. These are some of the scariest things to think about because how many of us, especially if you come from a rough, you made mistakes, you struggled. How many of us are really nervous about opening that up and saying, if you, if you knew where I've been. But God wants us to be able to find people who love us like that. God wants us to be people who love each other like that. And Mark 5.33, I think, gives an illustration of one more fear. The woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years snuck up behind Jesus thinking, if I can just touch, touch what he's wearing, his clothes. And she did. And she was healed. And can you imagine the joy until Jesus said, who touched me and says that the woman knowing what had happened to her came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth 
Why was she afraid? She'd been healed. I think in that moment, her fear, what happens if you go contrary to the one from God? Did he give it back to her? She's healed and now she walks back away with her ailment. Somebody written, where I'm going when I die, hell or heaven, sometimes I feel like I'm going to hell. How many of us fear what may be when we leave this earth? How about, uh, I'm afraid God will leave me while I'm working on changing my life if I falter or when I falter. Again, it's the idea, will God reject me because I, I just haven't been what I need to be? I'm scared I don't follow God's word the way I should. And all of these is still that idea of fear, not the respect of God, but the wrestling with the doubt and the terror or the fright, being afraid. Because I don't know if God would ever, ever want me and make me His. From our, uh, now this, I'm ahead of myself. Here's what God has in mind for us. When Jesus came to this world, why did He come? It says, He too shared in humanity so that by His death He might break the power of Him who holds the power of death. That is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. God doesn't want us to live this life being afraid of, of the end. He doesn't want us to he came Jesus came so that we would be freed from that fear. In our scripture reading there in first John, we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Y'all catch that? Confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. What God wants us to be able to see is that in Him, we have one who is faithful to His promises and we look forward to what's going to be with confidence, not because we've managed to learn how to live our lives perfect. But we know we have a Father, we have a Savior who has, is faithful to His promise and we rely on Him and we don't have to fear what will be because He is faithful to His promises. He said, you're forgiven. Are we forgiven? He said, I've got a place prepared for you. Do we have a place prepared for us? See, in Christ, he says, we don't have fear. Because we know he loves us and that he keeps his promises. And we hold on to him and he's the one that's going to get us through no matter what. And the thing about uh, life, 
no matter how much I want things to be good and guaranteed and solid, is that circumstances are what we can't control. When you watch Paul in 2 Corinthians, he talks about the, what he goes through. He talks about he's worked harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Now you listen to that list. How many of y'all after the first part of that list would go, I don't want to go outside anymore. I don't want to go. Do you know what happens when I go? When, when we were in school at sunset, we made trips to, well, I made a couple trips to Missouri for campaigns. First trip, first night we were there, played volleyball, I sprained my ankle. I couldn't go walking with everybody else on the streets to knock doors because I had sprained my ankle. Next trip we go, I come down with whatever terrible flu bug and I spent all week in bed at somebody else's house because I was sick. Do not go to Missouri. See how easy for us to fall into that? Paul's saying, let me tell you what's happened to me. And at some point I'm going, I'm not doing this anymore. I know bad things will happen, but he didn't do that. What God does for us isn't that we, we see the things going on and go, I, I, I don't want to have to go through that anymore. And, and fear keeping us from doing what needs to be done. He wants us to be able to see no matter what's going on, the circumstances, no matter where you are, God is still there. So he says in chapter 12, where he talks about the thorn in the flesh, he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Fear is not overcome because we become strong enough. We become, we're able to take care of things. We're able to control things. We're able to put things just right where the circumstances never get us anymore. Fear is not overcome that way. Fear is overcome because we put our trust in what God is able to do. Not our strength, but His strength. Not our ability to get through there, but His faithfulness. And to know that He will be there for us. So we don't have to be afraid. See, if you are struggling with fear, let me tell you what the truth is. You don't have to walk alone. God has given us each other to walk together so that we can get through no matter what happens. Whatever news comes up tomorrow, whatever happens tomorrow, we can walk together and we'll make it through together so that we can lean on each other. We don't ever walk alone because God is there. We can, he'll walk with us. He'll be there with us. And we can trust that He'll always be faithful to His promises. When we're struggling, when we're hurting, no matter what goes on, God is faithful. And we don't have to be afraid. So is your secret that fear has taken control of your life? Let us pray with you. Let us walk with you.
so that fear doesn't have to cripple cripple how you live, how you trust God. And if you have fear of what God has in mind for you, keep in mind because of Jesus, you don't have to have that fear. That you'll surrender yourself to Him. Let Him take it over. Be buried with Him in baptism. Rise up brand new life and trust that He's faithful to His promises. And hold on to Him. And on that day when we're looking at whether or not we're going to, to continue in this world or whether it's our last day in this world, we don't have to fear that day because God is faithful. You need to hold on to Him. Well, if you need anything, would you come now as we stand and sing?